The following program is intended for mature audiences. Your readings, Flesh Wound After Dark fan. Dan, I, I hate to do it. I'm going to make you do the restart. It's going to bother me. It's going to bother other people. We're not in the right spots. Oh, okay. Take so that's two. fine. I'm just going to do the little gimmick and then just go right in. Sorry about that, guys. All right. Dan, oh, here we go. Gore readings, Flesh Wound After Dark fans, and welcome to Flesh Wound After Dark. We're continuing our Black Emmanuel series i am flesh wound dan joined by producer todd good evening and back once again our special guest max ammo max how are you doing tonight i'm doing absolutely fantastic it's a pleasure to be back and particularly excited for tonight's episode because it's a double bill of bruno matai movies and i'm i am probably one of the greatest bruno matai movie fans bruno matai fans in the world so Awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very excited. One of the Italian legends that kind of kept going even past uh, the decline in Italian exploitation. Well, I think he was the king of the exploitation trash movie because he really did just do the exploitation movies, you know. And he was the king of the trash movie as far as I'm concerned, you know. Joe D'Amato, uh is also a contender but because he actually made a couple of good movies as well which uh um you know bruno matai never did you know mm -hmm. so i feel like joe d'amato deserves to be a little different you know bruno matai he's just a down and dirty you know just let's use the script from alien even though everyone in the <laughs> meeting likes him. <laughs> he knew what he was doing joe was trying to make some art in his stuff even if it didn't always work yeah joe yeah. Joe had his deaf smiles on a murderer, and you know, yeah, and uh, Beyond the Darkness as well, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah, and we'll talk actually, about that. that uh, Tough to Kill is actually a pretty good, um, grindy African kind of uh, Merc thing as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, tonight, actually, uh, the two films we're talking about, I think, are probably some of the more seen. Out of these films, they they tend to they've had more releases. I think. Oh yeah. So I think a lot of people are a little more familiar. Uh, I, can, I can tell you, it was Women's Prison Massacre that introduced me to Emmanuel. I didn't know who she was. I watched it as a Bruno Mattai movie. I was working my way through Bruno Mattai movies, and I was like, um, "Oh wow, this is awesome!" And she's called Emmanuel. That stuck in my head, and then I saw Emmanuel with Last Cannibal, and I realized, "Wow, it's it's a continuity. It's actresses." And I, and you know, then I was uh, trapped, sucked in. You know, rabbit hole. <laughs> absolutely and uh the two films tonight were actually shot back to back they have kind of a complicated history that we'll get into but uh uh technically the first one even though they were shot back to back uh, that we're doing tonight is violence in a women's prison from 1982 and this of course is directed by bruno matai 
and it follows photojournalist Emmanuel, who goes undercover into a women's prison where she discovers and experiences the abuse, torture, and humiliation the inmate the inmates are subjected to. Uh, pretty typical uh, uh, women in prison <laughs> storyline uh, for the most part on this one. I will say uh, one thing about violence in a women's prison. Uh, I think Emmanuel suffers a lot more in this than most of the other films. Even uh, yeah, yeah. There's more graphic Emmanuel. Yes, yeah. is unpleasant. Yes, yeah, she gets uh, – the, the scene has some humor to it because she's getting eaten by these rats, yet she doesn't really try and get up, run, flip, you know, knock them off. Uh, it's a brutal scene, uh, and there's a pretty – I don't know what they did to the rats, but they've got these red eyes uh, that are, are quite uh, disconcerting if you're afraid of rats. Um, uh and in this one, Gabrielle Tinty, of course, her uh, husband, he is the doctor who's got his own sort of story going. Uh, he uh, killed his wife, but uh, for uh, humanitarian purposes, I guess, uh, in this particular case. Uh, we do get, uh, as uh, I think Rescout is how you say her name, uh, Frank Astapi as the villain. Uh, one of the villains, I should say, in this film. And uh, she was, uh, she's quite the villain. She's quite the nasty <laughs> human being. And uh, uh, this one's this one's ugly. It, it, it's funny because we'll contrast the two films. Uh, it's very, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very different, uh, very different tones. Yeah, that's this something is, I wanted to talk about for sure, you know, because it's mm -hmm. like, I, kind of touched on before i i i've personally noticed bruno matai had this habit of shooting movies in twos you yeah. know shooting two on the same topic like you know he did uh <laughs> strike commando and uh robo robo war you know both with um mm -hmm. it's slipping my mind now who's strike commando who plays strike commando uh, uh strike commando was reb brown i believe Yes, of course, Red Brown. Yeah. You know, and then he did two movies with Brent Huff. He did two movies about nuns, you know, one. And, and he used to, I, I feel he, when he did the two movies, he'd do one which was a little more of a straight movie and one which was more out there because he did the uh, True Story of a Nun of Monza, which he shot back to back with uh, The Other Hell. Yeah. If you remember that one. And yeah. his first movie was SS Girls, which is very campy, kind of salon kitty type of thing. And then he shot the women's camp with the same cast, the women's camp number one, which is really quite grinding, actually. Uh, for Bruno Matai, it's actually quite unpleasant. Do you know? Yes. I, I love and... that about him, the way he does these double movies, uh, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, no, it was a great way to... Uh... You know, that's why this a guy yeah, like Bruno Matai worked so long because you know, you got these sets, let's just shoot two movies. He and was making he, he was making content before it was popular to make content. I mean, yeah, exactly. He, exactly. He was. I love the way Gabriel Tinty switches the roles in both movies. Yeah, he plays the opposite part in the next movie, yeah. the next as we're about to talk about, you know, is um yeah, which is which, not uh, easy because they were shooting 
like in so, the same sets. So they're running all over the place. Uh, yeah, interestingly yeah, yeah. enough, yeah, interestingly enough, Women's Prison Massacre, at least according to Laura Gemser and Claudio Fergasso himself, was essentially directed by Claudio Fergasso. Claudio um, Fergasso, I yeah. heard. Right, I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. I really want to see it. I heard you made a movie about 10 years ago, a kind of Euro gangster movie about uh, something about a trip to Naples or something. And if you know what I'm talking about. And it actually got good reviews, like who people who didn't know who Claudio Fregosi was. This movie <laughs> yeah. is like a low-level gangster movie, which he, uh, he wrote, and it got, got some awards. I really want to see this movie. I forgot my name right now. It's, it's very hard to find. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. He and uh, Rosella still, they're still See, very he, active. Yeah, Rosella was involved too. They were yeah. both involved. It was like a, a gang, like a low budget gangster movie, but it actually got like the real decent reviews, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have to look into that. Um, so I think one thing that sets this movie apart is Frank Estapi, uh, who is just such a good villain. She just had one of those faces. Uh, to play these roles. And she was, of course, known for uh, probably more than anything uh, Beyond the Darkness, the Joe D'Amato film in the evil sure. governess role. Sure. Yeah, she was... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Iris was the character name. Uh, yeah, so she's just as good in this. Uh, she's uh, just somebody that you don't get a, a, a character actor like that that often anymore. Just she oh. had... The perfect face. To I play love her. I've seen her. Everything she's in, she's fucking great. You know, she just, yeah. uh, she, she, she just embraces what she, you know, her mm -hmm. hard face and the fact she has that. The scene when she's eating in Beyond the Darkness and she's just mushing the food and eating disgustingly. It's such a macabre scene, you know. It it is, and she was a really sweet lady because uh, the rats in the film she actually like let go and pissed off Bruno Matai because she thought they were be happier uh, <laughs> released into the wild. Were. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and of course the, there's the uh, what's her name from um, Cannibal Films as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has a, a really good uh, cast. Ursula Flores is Consuelo. Uh, Maria Romano is uh, Kitty. And the, of course, she's the great. also in that Wild Beast movie, which reminded me. I still think we've got to do that with Kruger. Make Kruger watch Wild Beast. Yeah, yeah. I, he won't have seen anything like that before. You know? Yeah, Wild Beast is a blast. Uh. It's <laughs> So the, the, the bit with the children and the polar bear, and it's just a real polar bear, and they're kind of frying children in it. It's amazing. <laughs> Safety was not a concern on a, uh, really a not, not at all. Italian movie set at the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, Violence in a Women's Prison, certainly for the sleaze lovers, uh, has a lot going for it. Uh, very of its time, the the gay inmate, because there's a, a men's prison, of course, right next to the women's prison, which doesn't seem like a great idea, but uh, <laughs> that character may be offensive to a lot of people now, but uh, pretty amusing stuff goes down, how he kind of figures into the, the 
the as expected prison riot that happens uh, towards the end of the film. Uh, minor spoiler alert there. You can't really spoil these movies. Uh, and yeah, this one's just nasty, grimy. Uh, this is everything you would expect from a Bruno Matai movie. And a, Emmanuel suffers in this one. There's a lot of bad things that happen. She gets eaten by rats, put in a sort of... Uh, bell torture device uh all sorts of unpleasant the the assaults that you would come to expect from these films um and uh that's not to say that there's not a lot of humor i think these two these two movies i think they're good entry points for some people that you know might want some of the laughs unintentional or otherwise that many of these movies have and we'll, we'll get into the next one but uh, there are some funny moments where uh, the the guard uh, just gets pissed after she uh, has an orgasm and just starts beating these two <laughs> these two poor ladies. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of moments like that. It's it's very entertaining, sleaze, and uh, it checks all the boxes. I think. Oh yes, I agree with that. Yeah. What, no... what do you guys think? Um. I violence in a woman's prison. I out of the Emmanuel women in prison movies was definitely my first one of of them. Well, there's mm. one, you know, and it, it's honestly probably one of my earlier women in prison movies too. That I'm thinking about it. I think mm-hmm. Linda Blair, Chained Heat, and but um, yeah, this is the, this is the stuff we love. It's it's all the sleaze, all the exploitation, the violence, the nudity. It's why we watch movies. He's really, I mean, it gives us everything we want. <laughs> yeah, great villain, too, which always sets it apart. You don't always get a great villain in women in prison films. Sometimes it's just, you can tell they're phoning it in. Frank Estopi, uh, she really goes for it. I mean, she was a theater actress, uh, sure. very prolific and talented, but a lot of times. It. A lot of times they just go for like the Ilsa clone, and it doesn't feel like that in this one. It, it's like she's like doing her thing, which I it's like. Fu- it is, and it's funny because even mainstream stuff kind of borrows some of the tropes from these movies. The uh, older oh, yeah. inmate with the pet cockroach—that's been done before, I think. In Orange Is the New Black, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, the most mainstream women in prison movie that I remember was the one. What's his name? Uh, Jonathan Demi did. Remember that one? Caged Heat. Caged, yeah. Caged Demi one. That was. I mean, that was almost that. What it was? It was a proper budget movie, like. Yeah. No. The, I enjoyed that too. I enjoyed that Caged Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Caged Heat's amazing. I mean, even if you go into like the uh, uh, World War Two exploitation stuff, like you know, Salon Kitty had a big budget. For the time so uh they all usually had their big budget counterparts but there's something about a cheap grimy italian women in prison film and this definitely delivers uh i think uh everything you could possibly possibly want um so some of the extras i will say uh, w- which we'll get into they bleed together a little bit. There's some extras yeah. for the other movie on the other disc, so might be jumping around a little bit uh, on that. But we'll we'll try and tackle the, all the extras together at the end after we're done both movies. But uh, so this uh, yeah. one ranks high for you guys in the Black Emmanuel series. 
for me, yes. It's one of those though that like it doesn't really feel like it, it feels like a name only Emmanuel. Like they're just using it, it doesn't feel like part of the continuity because like there's mm. we don't really know why or how she's like it doesn't make an and she's not a photographer or is this the one she's not a photographer i don't know these two they, they kind of get mi mixed up she, a little. she's not try. i mean seduction is not like her main thing in this one yeah it doesn't you feel know? like a man it feels yeah. like a laura gemser movie obviously but that's yeah, always yeah. that's always been my own thing because aren't even in some dubbings her name isn't emmanuel or is that on the woman's prison massacre even somebody who has watched all of these movies, that gets hard to keep track of. I one of say. these, I know, yeah. her, one of the dubs, her name is not Emmanuel. I know on yes. one no, of her name is Emmanuel in both movies. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, I get that, but but like not in all of the translations. Like all right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly. yeah, yeah. But so yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, I love this as a woman in prison movie. As a black Emmanuel movie, it's lower in my rankings just because. It's not what I want out of it's what I want out of exploitation sleaze. It gives me everything I want, but that's not like what I'm going like the Black Emmanuel. I kind of want that world traveler feel. So this mm. one's different. Both of these are different. They've always kind of felt out of the continuity for me. I get that. I get that. Um, I will say, and I'm sure you guys have watched all these reviews. Continuity is not a big thing with these films. Some can kind of connect. In your head better than others, but there's certainly hey, well, it doesn't help you have like the same actor, like yeah. she falls in love with him every movie. <laughs> For me, because it was the first Emmanuel film I saw, the continuity, I just that's that's now nah, that's, that's your introduction, right? That's <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, so um, but I have to say, right, because I I personally think one of those these two movies is a much better movie than the other one. So mm -hmm. my score without giving too much away, but yeah, my score for the first one is lower. If it existed on its own, it would probably be higher, but it's just that I happen to think that women's prison massacre is a just, it's just got a shitload more. It looks like a big budget movie. It's got the action in some people getting fucked up with shotguns and just generally like more, uh, <laughs> A bit more oomph to it, you know. Yeah, it looks absolutely. like a bit. It looks like it had a bit of a bigger budget, you know, because it has like some driving bits outside the prison and a few bits that the uh, first one doesn't. I felt, I, I, I felt like it looked like a little bit more expensive movie. Yeah, yeah, very impressive shooting two very different movies uh, at the same time. Uh, sure. I love Gab yeah. Gabriel Tinty in the second one. It's so fucking evil, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, before we get into Women's Prison Massacre, what do we rank? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, oh no, that's cool. <laughs> what do we rate the uh, violence in a women's prison? Out of five. Out of yeah, five. yeah. Four, three, and four, three and three quarters. Okay, almost a four. Okay, four. I, I'm a four. I'm not even holding back. I'm a four out of five on this one. I, I do like this. This this lease. I'm well, a four. Yeah, I'll give it a five. five. No, I'll give it a five. I'm I mean a four. Sorry, too. I'll give it a four. A four. Yeah, that's cool. Four. It uh, it delivers everything you could want. Yeah. But now let's move on to the second film. Uh, also technically from director Bruno Mattai, although uh, it is said by Laura Gemser and Claudio Fragasso himself that 
he mostly directed this one. Uh, Don't poltergeist him. <laughs> well, it's out there. But I think they both probably were just going back and forth. You need two directors. One director can't handle two movies back to back. And not even back to back. Movies are shot back to back. These were shot at the exact same time. Time, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... That's impressive. Yeah, how do you uh, keep track? Like, what scene am I doing now? <laughs> which which movie are we yeah. in? <laughs> yeah, that that's next level stuff. Uh, and you know, these were real movies. So, uh, so Women's Prison Massacre from 1983 follows four escaped male convicts who seize control of a women's prison and proceed to terrorize the inmates. One of whom is reporter Emmanuel, who is incarcerated on trumped-up charges by a corrupt DA. So, Max, your favorite. What did you think of Women's Prison Massacre, and how'd you find it in the first uh, well, the first viewing? First, I, I saw it first through Bruno Matai, through uh, working my way through Bruno Matai's filmography. You know, so I didn't even know that Black Emmanuel Emmanuel was a character in other movies. You know. For, for a while, in fact, till I got to the um, uh, Emmanuel and the Cannibals. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked the bit at the beginning when they got the makeup on and they're doing a kind of little avant-garde play at the beginning, yeah. you know, and, and, and they make an effort to do some interesting shots with the lighting and stuff. Um, I feel it looks much better than the other movie. And it also uh, has the stuff outside with the car chases, you know, with the uh, with the bad guys. And um, it actually has, for Bruno Matai, because normally he's just too comical to be disturbing, it actually has some pretty nasty moments in, like when he cuts to, uh, the chick from Beyond the Darkness, his throat with the razor in his mouth. I mean, that's nasty. It's hardcore, you know. Yeah. And uh, so what was the other bit, which was when uh, Albina's playing the Russian roulette and she blows her brains out and the brains land in Gabriel Tinty's mouth. <laughs> and they literally throw the brains into his mouth like a dollop of brain. I mean, that scene is stiff, you know. Yeah. Hardcore. Yeah. I mean, it really turns it up. I, I just think it's a great movie, really great. For that, for a woman in prison exploitation movie, you know, it really turns it up and brings what I would expect from Bruno Matai and, uh, you know, Fragosi. Yeah, and we get uh, Carlo DeMeo of uh, Gates of Hell, City of the Living Dead fame. Uh, it's the lawman in this one. Yes, of course. Well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's a lot of fun playing, uh, playing opposite. Uh, Gabriel Tinti's villain, who who looks like Gabriel Tinti, looks like he's having a lot of fun in this one. He has played. Yes, that's what I enjoyed about that. He, I think he looks yeah. more, more fun when he does as the Doctor in the first movie. It's yeah, more character, isn't it? Like psychotic bank robber. I mean, he's like a lot more fun. Yes, yes, and uh, he plays uh, Crazy Boy. I think was his character name. Yeah, um, Crazy Boy. Crazy Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, the acting in this, uh, and, and you know, of course, again, it's it's they're dubbed, which adds to some of the the comedic value. But Ursula Flores is Albina. I mean, just again, just the expressions on her face, and this movie's just a lot of fun at the same time. I, I recommend this one to a lot of people who aren't necessarily uh, women in prison fans. 
because uh, I think there's a lot of entertainment value even beyond uh, you know yeah. the, the staples of the subgenre. Yeah. Uh, I think we even get an an over the top style arm wrestling uh, scene with Emmanuel and Albina in this one. It, it feels like a canon film at, at times. Uh, it, re- yeah. it really does. Um, and <laughs> it's just this one's just got so much going on. It's a siege film. It's uh, it's not just a women's in prison, women in prison film. You mentioned the opening avant-garde sort of performance at the jail and you're sitting, you know, you're watching it for the first time. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> is this an Emmanuel <laughs> movie? What's going on? Uh, well, stuff like that. Like in the, uh, yeah. you know, the true story of a non, not a monza, Bruno Matai tries like a little few artistic little bits and that. Yeah. That movie actually is quite, I, have you seen that movie? It's a pretty reasonable, uh, like pretty re- for Bruno Matai standards. I would say that was one of his uh, more acceptable films, you know. Yeah, we did an unsploitation show about a year ago, I think. Um, maybe a little sooner than that, but yeah, or we sat yeah. on it for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just and- too many. every time I think about doing that, there's just so many non- great, like I love Flavia <laughs> the Heretic and. Alucarda, you know, that's one of now, my favorites. Yeah. yeah, and uh, this this one too, we uh, we have to mention uh, Pierangelo Pizzato as Helmet uh, von Bauer. I think uh, it was a lot of fun uh, to watch. Uh, just everybody looked like they were having a good time. This is a very over the top movie, and it it works for it. Uh, it, it always did stand out. I know Scream Factory put this on Blu-ray, so it's one of those ones I think people are a little more familiar with than uh, yeah. a lot of the other ones. And uh, it's yeah. it's a good it's a good entry point. You may have seen it under the Emmanuel in Prison title, which is actually the one the title on this box set. Uh, Blade Violent is the other alternate title for this. Uh, it's 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 hard to keep them keep them uh, clear in your head sometimes, but uh, I think we will be surprised when we get to some of the later titles like the uh, Black Cobra Woman stuff because there's actually there's, there's some good stuff in those like some really good um, yeah you know, some really good actual cinematography and story and uh, you know there's a it, it's interesting because these movies start and they have a very 70s feel, but they, the Black Emmanuel series just kept going. So the tone does change quite a bit into the 80s. You know, it, yeah, yeah. 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 They had legs. Uh, just Cinemax, HBO back in the day. I mean, these movies just felt like they built those channels practically. <laughs> uh, that's why we all yeah. subscribe. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, and you can feel Rosella Drudy's uh, writing in Women's Prison Massacre. Uh, I, I think uh, it really comes across. It's not the most sadistic uh, film. If anybody, I mean, it's there, but it's a different kind of sadistic. So I think uh, a lot of maybe sleazy is more the word I would go with. It's a little less sleazy than some of the others. Uh, but nonetheless, extremely entertaining and you do get the action bits at the end uh the siege of the prison and everything this is just a fun one so if you're watching these and you're like "Eh, i don't know how i feel about women in prison but i'd like to try one of them women's prison massacre is a good 
jumping in point. I think. Yeah, you can jump in point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Todd, where does this rank for you? Um, I really like this one. I always have it. Like you said, it's got it's part siege movie, part this. It, it's like everything that I like about the last one is like not here, but it's like it's still just as entertaining, if not more. I I, I do yeah. like the other one feels like a, 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 a we're making a women in prison movie. There we go. This one feels like well, we're kind of, but we're just gonna have some Bruno Matai fun and yeah, for the brains. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That, that's pretty gross. So, like, yeah, the, it's like one like feels like a traditional woman in prison movie, and one feels like a Bruno Matai woman in prison <laughs> movie, and that's what makes it so much fun. Did you yeah. laugh when uh, I think it was Helmet popped uh, Irene's blow up doll that she was keeping <laughs> in her cell? <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, th this one's just a really good time. I I highly yeah. recommend it. And, I do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, and I'm trying to think of anything else on this one. It, it it is just such a fun film. I mean, well, our kind of fun at least. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely one was... you may not may not may not want to watch with the little ones, but that's the whole series. No. Yeah. It's actually yeah. funny too because you'll notice a lot of French credits on this, depending on what version you had, and that's because it was actually financed by a French lingerie company. So wow, they had yeah some of these they had to make like well we need to make it look like a French film for this audience. And, uh, but we got to make it look American for this. And uh, yeah, a lot of funny uh, production stories <laughs> with these movies. Uh, so what do we rate this one? And then we'll talk about the extras, which uh, as always are extensive. It's it, it's one of those where it's like, for me, it's not, again, it goes back to the whole con the black man. It feels so different. But as a movie on its own, it's a five for me. I love this one. I give it a five. Yeah, it brought me, it hooked me into the series, hooked me into this character. So it's going to have a five. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a five as well. I think this movie's a blast. Um, all right, so now we'll talk about uh, the extras, which are spread out across both discs. So I'm sure I'm going to have uh, something. That's... One disc, Dan. One, one disc. disc spread out across the two movies. On there, one you go. there you go. I was like, "Did we do?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is hard. It's hard to keep track because they do jump back on the extras on both of them. Yes. So, uh, so we do get a commentary for Women's Prison Massacre from uh, author critic uh, Annie Choi of Bleeding Skull and film editor and film editor uh, Perry Pivovar. Uh, of Requiem for a Dream fame. They got mm -hmm. her on this. Uh, they talk a little bit about... Uh, they they compare the tones in Violence in a Women's Prison and Women's Prison Massacre and uh, the partnership of Claudio Fergasso and Bruno Mattai, which uh, went through several films, and uh, uh, how difficult it had to be for the same actors and crew to sort of just keep these two movies straight because you're shooting yeah. one one minute and shooting a scene for the other the next. Uh, <laughs> it had to be tough. A uh, lot of good information in this. Uh, you could tell the two ladies love these these movies, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good listen for sure. Uh, 
we also get uh, Jailhouse Rock, an interview with composer Luigi Cecciarelli, uh, that runs 39 minutes, so it's a good uh, piece, and uh, talks about some of his early work and uh, his uh, early relate working relationship with Claudio Fragasso and how it evolved into bigger projects. Really good piece, 39 minutes. Uh, we also get Razorblade Smile, an interview with actor Pietro Angelo Pizzato, who played uh, Helmet in Women's Prison Massacre. Uh, he, he's also just a blast in the movie. He talks a little bit about the criticism about him overacting in the film, uh, but I, I think that absolutely works for the tone. Um, yeah. It really does. A lot of memorable villains in that that movie. Uh, he taught one interesting story he had was he was going to play Rasputin in a canceled film. Uh, so he it's kind of a career piece uh, and he kind of goes over different things that he did working with the, the recently passed uh, Carlo DeMeo and uh, uh, and he also had some cool insights on the different personalities of Bruno Mattai and Claudio Fragasso. Again, you're dealing with uh, <laughs> both of them at different times. So uh, that runs 14 minutes, and I do highly recommend that. Uh, what do we have next? We have an archival Bruno Mattai interview. Uh, this one's two minutes, rather, rather short, uh, but he gives his brief thoughts on Women's Prison Massacre. Uh, we also get Brawl in Women's Block. Uh, this is a 29-minute interview with uh, writers and co-director uh, Claudio Fragasso and Rosella Drudy. Uh, if, you, if you haven't seen this before, this is a really good piece. They talk about how they met uh, their first film together, Pisagi, in uh, 1977. And uh, Rosella Drudy has some good stories about uh, having to pretend to be uh, a boy uh, when she was young and submitting some of her stories to mm. Italian comics at the time. Um, and uh, this is a, this is a really cool interview just at their house. Their cat keeps interrupting the interview. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, they, they talk a little bit about their collaborations with Bruno Matai. They talk about the other hell, uh, true story of the nun of Monza. And, of course, the infamous Hell of the Living Dead and uh, how they had to use stock footage from a documentary on New Guinea to match in that movie. Uh, <laughs> which, that movie's a lot of fun, too. Uh, yeah, and, it's a lot of fun, yeah, yeah. And it's a good inform informational piece because they also talk about how they didn't get their proper credits on different movies and some of the pseudonyms that they used. And... Um, and uh, yeah, uh, great interview. I highly recommend you go out of your way to watch it. It just runs just almost 30 minutes. Uh, we also get two for one, an interview with producer Roberto Di Gerolamo uh, that runs 12 minutes. And uh, he talks a little bit about uh, the the French connection with uh, these films and uh, how they kind of had to cut these different deals where one movie would kind of be marketed more as a French women in prison film versus the other one. Uh, it's, if you're interested in the business side of things uh, of the time, I think it's a really good piece. And 
And what else do we have? All right. I think actually the best of the extra features, aside from the commentary, uh, that absolutely watch. Uh, Franca Stoppi, Matron of Hell. It's a video essay uh, written and narrated by film critic uh, Rachel Nisbet. And it runs 17 minutes and it packs in a lot of information on Franca Stoppi. Uh, who's not a household name unless you're really into these films, but uh, she really was quite amazing. And they talk about her early modeling and uh, theater work um, and uh, her film debut. She's, she's one of those actresses that kind of started in some big stuff and then moved on to exploitation. Uh, she actually married uh, burial ground actor uh, Simone, Simone Mattioli and founded a theater oh, company wow. yeah and they kind of did that theater in between all of these uh grimy exploitation films <laughs> and uh they talk about uh beyond the darkness which really is probably her best known uh work in the, the horror genre is as, as iris uh she is just amazing in that movie well yeah, we'll have to do Beyond the Darkness sometime. That's such a good movie. Um, and and they talk a little bit about some of the other stuff uh, she did. Uh, she did a sex comedy called The Gorilla. Um, and <laughs> yes, that's a, definitely another must. Uh, and kind of her retirement and uh, kind of leaving theater in the 90s. Uh, and she's a very nice lady. She worked up until her, her passing uh, doing animal charity work, uh, specifically focusing on stray cats in Rome. Uh, so very nice lady. And this is a good highlight of the person and the career. So uh, check that out. 17 minutes, well worth it if you're a fan of her, her work. Uh, so yes. Another one in the books. I believe Black Cobra is on the next disc. I believe so. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. No more gap weeks. We'll start. We'll start banging them out again now that the October month is over. Yes, so. the October. How many books left off the Black Cobra? How many more left? Um, I you know actually that's something we got to figure out because yeah, I know there's some now. discs that are kind of like we're going to combine because they're more extra type yeah, stuff yeah. so yeah. yeah i mean after the next one we're kind of gonna have to f map it out a little better yeah you yeah, have a feature length uh documentary as well uh on yeah. there on joe damato so yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of good stuff still to come yes definitely well, well i really enjoyed it again tonight guys i'll talk to you again soon all right all absolutely right. max we great will. having you you have a good one uh so yes Guys, be sure to tune in for uh, all. So, you know, sorry we couldn't get like all of these out immediately, but when you look at these extras, it's like, oh man, there's a way I can't do this in a week. And you throw <laughs> Halloween right in the middle of it. Yes, yes. Although we did uh, pretty good, we were able to get. Well, we're yeah. taping slash Tober too. It was, it was a, it was a busy month. So this, yeah. we we have a couple gap weeks weeks on this, but October we're, we're, we're is back. October, you know, aside from like all of the um, Halloween stuff, it's like a blur of just, just like yeah, movies and 
you know, you're decorating and everything. I watched one Halloween, okay, two Halloween movies this year, but that's another story. We should get out of here. And... Absolutely. So, guys, patreon.com slash fleshfoonfeatures. It all starts at just a buck. And we appreciate you helping us out. We give you a lot on there, a lot of cool uh, uncensored uh behind the scenes stuff uh and exclusives as well uh we got uh for you after dark fans some cool stuff coming up i think shortly so you want to check that out and on that note uh discord yeah that is free you should join it you'll never miss out on uh there's a lot of foodie stuff in there there's a lot of you'll never miss out on a, a sale or Anything about new movies, trailers, lots of cool stuff. Other podcasters in there, too, that you can uh, chat with. So on that note, good night for now. Good evening. <laughs>